Hello, and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. Be sure to follow us on either of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage, and I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire, and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Claire Kenobi and on Twitter at Corky Kenobi. Today, we are going to be talking about um, Thrawn, specifically Thrawn Lesser Evil, which came out uh, last week. Um, but I have a feeling we're just gonna we're just gonna get into it about that about that blue man. Well, first of all, the book is really long, and I also didn't read Greater Good like recently. I read it like when it came out at the beginning of the year, um, and then Chaos Rising also a while ago. And so I was a little bit confused, not confused. I was more like thrown, thrown into it. I felt like I was kind of thrown a loop a little bit. I was like, oh, I, all of these characters exist because there's so many characters, uh, which I love. I love like an ensemble cast um, of characters, uh, especially because Thrawn, you know, the first, the original like trilogy, Thrawn 2017 and then Alliances and Treason were really just about Thrawn. Um, and then with the Ascendancy series, I was like, oh yeah, like it's going to be about Thrawn and his backstory. And it ended up being more so like Thrawn and friends. It was Thrawn and everyone else around him. Um, and I'd argue that like Thalius is probably almost like just as much as of a main character as Thrawn is same kind of goes with like Arlani and Cheery which is why I love Lesser Evil we got a lot of Cheery in in this um book and she is my favorite character uh yeah Skywalker Cheery um we got to learn a lot more about the Skywalkers in this book which was great and also horrible (laughs) at the same time so yeah a lot to unpack there yeah, it's kind of crazy to me that some of these characters we really have only had for three books because I feel really attached to all of them. Um, and yeah, it is very much an ensemble story. Like there are a lot of like segments and chapters that Thrawn is just not even in or he's like mentioned or he's there for a little bit. But it's ne- there's never a point where you're like, oh, I wish there was more Thrawn in a book about Thrawn. Like, no, I want information about every single character and so I like that we kind of jump between like POVs and different scenarios and Thrawn is not necessarily in every scene we're not necessarily just following his story and yeah just all of these characters I I love them so much and I'm been getting really emotional about this being the end of the trilogy. (laughs) I am too I'm I feel like also credit to Timothy Zahn who wrote these books just so fast. Like the first book in the trilogy came out last year. It came out almost exactly a year ago. Um, and then Greater Good came out earlier this year. And so I felt like it was just like one really long book almost. It was very much like I wasn't waiting super, like a whole year, two years for another book to come out. Um, it was very much like I read all of the Thrawn books um, at the beginning of this year. Um, including and then as soon as I finished Chaos Rising like a month later I think Greater Good came out um and so 
I kind of went through this little Thrawn phase and then, you know, all of this other Star Wars properties are coming out. The High Republic is obviously out. I'm like into everything else. And then, so when this book came out, I was like, oh, like, am I, am I going to remember a lot of things? Am I going to like be super invested in them still? And then I absolutely was first page. I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right back into my Thrawn era. Um, I just, I love him so much. Uh, I also love everyone in this book. Um, including someone who I was not expecting to like was um, Zyenda, formerly known as Lakinda in Greater Good. I didn't really like her in Greater Good. Um, I really, I really didn't. I remember being like uh, seeing everyone on on Twitter and TikTok and stuff, and I was, and they were like, "Yeah, I hate her," and I was like, "Yeah, no, I don't like her either." Um, but like, as soon as she was introduced in this book, I was kind of like, oh, you've, you've definitely changed. You've gone through a character arc, um, which is crazy to me that I could have such a drastically different opinion in two different books with how large the cast is. Like there's so much going on in so many different characters who you're trying to like figure out where their story goes and how it, and how everything is uh, cohesive and stuff and then for like a character of such a complete arc and a change in personality and in values and then like genuinely liking them that's really great that's really like just like a testament to how good these books are yeah I, I agree um Zyanda like I thought she I didn't like hate her but I was like okay she's fine and by the end of greater good I was kind of rooting for her but basically right off the bat in Lesser Evil, I, I immediately liked her. Um, and then it just grew from there. Um, and that's, a, yeah, a great thing about this trilogy is that the character development is really good on an individual level, but also the development of relationships, because that is one of the key components is not just Thrawn's relationships to everyone, but also the relationships of the people around him to each other. And all those relationships are really well fleshed out and have a lot of growth from the beginning of like chaos rising until now. Yeah, it's just a testament to the writing. It's they're so well written and everyone, every character is very has been given a lot of attention to detail in the things that make them unique as a character so that everything they do makes sense within their character, um, which is obviously a really important part of storytelling especially when you're going to be writing books about a character that is already known and also books that are going to focus on a group of characters and not like exclusively on one individual character. Right and it also I think the the Ascendancy books focus a lot on politics and the politics of the Chiss Ascendancy and to have that in there and have and be able to understand it you know there's like all the like Aristocra and then all of the expansionary defense fleet and the defense fleet, all of this stuff has their own politics and their own like rules and standards. And then, um, and then you have all of these characters and they obviously help, uh, you know, help the reader translate what's going on, but eat every single thing in this is so like well detailed and well developed. I'm never like super lost, you know, there's definitely times where I'm like, oh, like, especially during like large space battles, you know, I'm like, okay, there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot of ships and there's a lot of captains and there's a lot of like different people who are at different ranks and you have to, you know, remember who is who and what they do. 
but it's very it's written in such a way that is um it's cohesive and it makes sense um and it's believable I was never like no way like that's not you know for for Star Wars for something that is set in a galaxy far far away um and just like so out there you know this is like a complete like non-human race with a totally different political system that I than we've ever read about in Star Wars so it was very um it's just a interesting and great thing to see you know especially coming from a place where we're so used to either the republic or the empire or like the new republic um and the first order we don't really see non-human species politics in their worlds you know we don't see that because we're so involved in um or we have been so involved in the skywalker saga for so long um and now finally we're you know we're branching out with the ascendancy books and with the high republic books you know we get to see a whole new side of star wars that we haven't necessarily gotten to see i definitely was intimidated by the ascendancy books like before i read chaos rising i was almost like maybe i don't want to read this because just like hearing people talk about all the different like ranking systems and family politics and different families and groups of families and characters and everything i was like i feel like i if i read this i'm just gonna have no idea what's going on and yeah it takes some time to figure everything out but it didn't even in chaos rising it didn't like hinder my ability to enjoy the book as i was figuring things out like i did that simultaneously while also enjoying the characters and then by the time i got to like later in chaos rising or greater good when i felt like i actually understood the whole like hierarchy of the chis ascendancy um and it was really impressive that these books were able to explain such a complicated system in a way that like me and other people as readers were able to understand it and enjoy the books without feeling like there was just so much information being thrown at them. Right. And I think also um, something that helps is the audiobooks. Listening to the Mark Thompson narrated audiobooks is always a gift, always a gift with anything that he does. Um, he he definitely made some choices um, in Lesser Evil. Choices were made. I Anytime... Um, certain characters were on were on the page and I was listening to their voices I was like Mark Thompson do you need a cough drop like this is I'm like it's hurting my voice listening to this um but no they really help uh especially like those like large space battles the ending battle of lesser evil was so crazy and so long um and having like the audio listening to it you're kind of like I feel like I'm watching a movie, you know, like, I feel like I'm in this battle right now. Um, so yeah, any, any part of just like Timothy Zahn's novels and any properties that come from them are always just so A plus. They're always so good. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually like, cause I definitely, when I recommend the Thrawn books to people, I'm like, listen to the audiobooks. They are so good because I was never really an audiobook person the Thrawn books, I think, were my first time really listening to audiobooks. Um, and right from the beginning, they were so good. And I was like, I feel like it's a whole different experience that I'm getting listening to the audiobook than I would be from just reading um, the physical book. And so I always recommend that to people now. 
Yeah, it, it really does feel like you're watching a movie. I mean, like the production quality of these audiobooks is insane. And like Mark Thompson, so talented at like differentiating between characters. And so it, it really is just a completely different experience when you listen to it as opposed to just reading it. Um, let's get into some some characters. Let's do some character deep dives. Starting with Thrawn, you know, Thrawn ascendancy, lesser evil. Um, we, I can totally see now. I think that when I was, you know, reading the original Thrawn trilogy, I was like, oh, like, this is, I understand, like, how he's the same person as he was in Rebels. I know that's a conversation that a lot of people have is like, oh, how is Thrawn from the books the same as Thrawn from Rebels? Because he's so like terrible in the show. Um, but when he is, you know, in these books, we get his, his, his thought process and um, his characterization through other characters. So that was something. But then reading the Ascendancy series, I was like, there's no way. Like, there's literally no way that this, the guy who is getting, like, coloring books and markers for a 10-year-old is the same guy who blew someone up on a speeder bike, you know? And so, at first, reading Chaos Rising, I was like, there's, I, there must be something really, really terrible that happens. And now I understand. I really do feel like I understand how Thrawn's character has developed from who he was as a as a young adult to who he was um, when we last see him before you know he disappears. Um, horrible, hate to think about that. Uh, but yeah, like it's. I think that his character arc. He's had multiple character arcs throughout the different books, and I think this one really connected um, the Ascendancy series to the original um, 2017 novel literally it did with the epilogue which which uh, was a direct tie-in to to Thrawn 2017. Thank you for that Timothy Zahn. I didn't need to be emotional like that <laughs> but yeah I, I did enjoy it narratively speaking. That's the thing is a lot of the like good moments that we see from Thrawn are his interactions with the other people in the Chiss Ascendancy and once he's working for the Empire, you know, particularly in Rebels, we don't see a lot of him like interacting with people that he would consider friends or even family like we see in Lesser Evil. It's and that's also just a byproduct of how people in the Empire interact with each other. Like people in the Empire are not like besties. They all kind of are just like hostile toward each other all the time. But yeah, like the I, I, I reread Chaos Rising in Greater Good right before Lesser Evil came out and I like fully cried in the scene where he gives Cheery the markers like so, something about and like when he teaches her to fly it's so emotional um so yeah that really got me on the reread and yeah the the epilogue I like I knew it was gonna be emotional but I did not expect them to pull that it took me aback I won't lie and like because I was already very emotional by that point and that was just like the final nail in the coffin of me like having a breakdown over this book but yeah Thrawn's emotional journey in this book but then just throughout everything that we've seen him in is so interesting to me and just him as a character is so interesting because he's unlike any other character that we see in Star Wars like I feel like I as a fan have a very complicated relationship with him just because of how complicated of a character he is and how we've seen him 
at so many different points in his life and around so many different people and like we're probably going to be seeing even more of him in the future and it's just like it's such a he's such a well developed character that there's so much they can do with him and they've done a really good job with it so far yeah exactly and I think also kind of backtracking to like how we perceive Thrawn as the reader you know in Thrawn 2017 we see him the book is pretty much in first person like it's in third person but it's you know we get those little um diary entries we get like you know a lot of him and his like thought process and how he views things and how he literally sees things that other people don't um but we also throughout the other novels we get to see Eli and his interpretation of Thrawn and you know Eli and Thrawn's relationship in that original trilogy um, is what makes Thrawn such like a likable character. He viewing, because Eli is so like infatuated by Thrawn, you know, they're, they're friends, they're good friends um, and probably lovers besides the point. Um, he does, we do, we love Eli. And so we, we see Thrawn through Eli and we, we love him. We, that's how we start loving him. Um, the characters in the Ascendancy, same goes for them. You know, we see Thrawn through Thalius, who has this like hero worship for him at first. And then we see Thrawn through Chiri, who is a child and who is going to see things like it is. You know, she she has this, Im- this uh, embodiment of Thrawn in her mind. Um, and that translates to like what, how we view Thrawn as the reader. And then in Rebels, you know, we don't get to see him through anybody else. We just see him on the screen. We don't, we don't know how other people are perceiving him because how other people perceive him is going to directly affect how we perceive him. So yeah, and, and then even characters in the Ascendancy who like don't like Thrawn, at least at first, you know, Simacro, towards the end, he know, you know, he warms up a bit. But like, even through that, we we get Thrawn's characterization. We see like, oh, these are Thrawn's faults and Timothy Zahn is not apologizing for them at all. He's not saying like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. Like he's done bad things. He's a good person. Like we never really get that. We're just kind of, we're seeing Thrawn through so many different people. And that is going to help us make our own like characterization of Thrawn in our brains. Yeah, it just feels like where you've been given a very, honest portrayal of Thrawn throughout everything because it comes from the perspectives of other people and because like yeah I mean like some things are written from first person point of view in um Thrawn 2017 but like the series as a whole is mostly written from third person and from POVs of like several different characters and so we get this like really well-rounded image of who Thrawn is and who he is to a lot of other people. Yeah, and I like how in the um, Ascendancy series, who Thrawn is to other people is literally like the thesis, you know, he's, we see all of these characters. And like I said, like Thalius is definitely like the main character other than Thrawn. Everything that happens to her, everything that she thinks, like how she thinks now and um, her ideals, they've all changed because of Thrawn. And even like characters who don't interact a lot with Thrawn, we can see how he is affecting their mentality in the impact that he has left on the ascendancy as a whole. And so by the end of the book, when he's exiled and he's not allowed to come back and see his friends ever again, you know, 
it's, it's just more emotional to see how many people Thrawn has affected. But lastly, like the courtroom scene at the end of the book where Wutro is there, Arlani's there, Simacro, Thalius, everyone's there except for Cheery. And uh, that made me really upset. But besides the point, um, all of these people, Thrawn has pr- played an integral, an integral role in their story, in their life. And so then him leaving and then they're kind of like, well, what do we do now? And I want to see what happens to them. You know, like that's a, that's a, one of the things I have with this book is it was really long and it was really good. And the ending solidified everything that I was like thinking about. And, you know, it, it directly tied into the original trilogy, but I am never going to see these characters again. And I want to know what happens to them because I feel like their story is so incomplete without Thrawn there. Yeah. Thrawn's exile it's such a it was such a like weird experience reading about it too because you obviously know it's going to happen but then still it was really emotional to actually see it happen on the page um and just like so many little things that they added in with that I was very relieved to know that they brought Aralani in on their little plan because I would have been mad if she didn't get to know about it because she has been withdrawn from pretty much the beginning um I also I was like screaming for a lot of this book, but specifically when um, Bakif was like, yeah, and like, if people knew that it was my idea, I, I was like, what? I literally <laughs> yelled, I yelled yeah. out loud. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well. Yeah, I was, was going insane. <laughs> and just the whole ending, I mean, I, yeah, I also teared up at Bakif saying that he wished he could have seen Thrawn in Admiral, like the white Admiral's uniform. I was like, okay, now whenever I am watching Rebels, I'm going to be thinking about that. So that's great. But yeah, that the whole ending was just so good and so emotional up until the very end of Thrawn saying that he wanted to like eat alone so that he could um, like, rem- yeah. yeah, that <laughs> yeah. that made me cry. Also, just like, I think that there's a part in Thrawn Treason, totally might be making this up, but I'm pretty sure there's a part where Arlani was like, you were not supposed to be gone for years when she meets back up with Thrawn. Um, And I thought I remembered that, like, for some reason, I was like, oh, he was only supposed to be gone a couple of months or whatever. Like, I thought he was in exile. And then reading this, like, that ending with her and Bakif and Thrawn and and Thrawn being like, I'll probably be back in three months, a year at most. That made me lose my mind. I was like, are you kidding me? Like you actually were not supposed to be gone that long. And Arlani thought that she was going to see you in a few months. um, And you guys would be besties and live happily ever after. And then you didn't. And then you literally didn't. And then she saw you for like, a few weeks and then you left again and we don't know where you are anymore um yeah so that that did make me uh really emotional I was not I was very unhappy (laughs) yeah thinking about it from other characters perspectives but specifically Aralani because like we as readers have seen Aralani in a lot of like we've seen her a lot and we know her very well as a character but also she has been withdrawn and stuck by Thrawn through so much and it's very apparent how close the two of them are and how much like trust and mutual respect there is in that relationship and to see 
her be in a situation where she's like, yeah, I'm going to miss you, but I'll see you again soon. And then it ends up being so long and we know how things end up for Thrawn at the end of Rebels. I, yeah. And but also just from a point of like, I love Arlani. She, she is truly the moment. And so I just really was thinking about her in those final scenes. And now I'm going to be thinking about her every time Thrawn is brought up ever. <laughs> yeah. She's such a, she's such an important part to Thrawn's like story into like just his mind and everything like and yeah thinking about her makes me upset because what is she doing after Thrawn goes missing you know we have no idea where her character is going um and you know what happens to any of them and I really hope that we get more of that um but yeah that last that last scene um when she's like don't you leave. I want to say goodbye to you. And then we didn't get to see that. I was, I was, I was more upset about that than literally anything. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't get the goodbye scene. I didn't at all. Yeah. I was like, I know it would have made me cry a lot, but I was expecting like a really tearful goodbye scene between Thrawn and anyone. And so it kind of caught me off guard that we didn't get that. Yeah. I was, I was definitely upset about that. Um, Just like a goodbye in general. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't really get that. Um, did Cheery get to say goodbye to Thrawn? Did she get to see him before he left? That, that keeps me up at night, <laughs> genuinely. It's, it's all I've been thinking about. Because I'm like, she wasn't even in the courtroom. Like, Thales mm-hmm. had to break the news to her that Thrawn was getting exiled. No. <laughs> no, yeah, thank I've been you. thinking I don't about that. that. Um, but yeah, that is just like, like, they all were there. They all knew he was leaving. He only got two days to, you know, get everything together. And knowing Thrawn, he probably was just getting ready for his exile and for his, you know, journey into the Empire. Um, I do believe he said goodbye to Arlani. I don't think Arlani would have let him leave, like, physically um, without saying goodbye. But the other characters, I'm like, this man is literally so important to you all but yeah them just getting like not getting to say goodbye is something that I would that I was really upset about yeah I a a goodbye scene with Cheery like yes it would have broken me but it would have been really good too um speaking of Cheery the Skywalkers we learned some sad things in this book about them getting their memories wiped um that's really rude of the just ascendancy to do I really hate that um and we yeah we also got to meet Thrawn's sister which was exciting but also very sad um because like reading that chapter I was like okay so is this Thrawn's sister yes or no and then it was and I was screaming once again um but I yeah and then the way they ended that sort of interaction with Thalius being like you know you should come meet him and she's like well I don't remember him so like what's the point I was like okay what if I cry um but yeah them wiping the Skywalker's memories really made me upset and specifically when Thalius is sort of using it to like blackmail Thurfian towards the end and he's just like well like no one's really gonna care that much like people might be a little upset but like whatever um I will be fine and like it's not that big of a threat so I don't really care if I didn't already hate that man I was so angry I was like 
what do you mean it's not a big deal like these are children whose memories have been taken like they don't have memories of their family or anything before they went into Skywalker program and he just kind of like brushed it off and I oh my god I was so mad I was so mad I I was yeah Thurfian I meet me meet me in the pit I will literally beat your ass anyways I think that um I just remember reading that scene when we meet Thrawn's sister and I think I was live tweeting me reading the book and Thales was like oh I have to go meet someone and I was like oh my god she's gonna meet Thrawn's sister and then and then we got there and I was like oh never mind it's like just some random woman and then and then it was Thrawn's sister and I was like oh my god wait (laughs) yeah that was a great like moment for me I was like Thank God, I I really was getting to the point where I was like, we're just not gonna know who Thrawn's sister is. And he's just like, Timothy Zahn just kind of like swept that to the side. That was what I was thinking. Um, but no, yeah, that was a great, that was a great moment. And then it turned into a horrible moment um, because yeah, the, the Chiss Ascendancy wiping the Skywalker's minds is really not something I expected at all. But then a lot of like people right now are pointing out little moments in the former books where Thales is like, oh, like I remember something, something, but like, I can't really put my finger on it. Like, I don't know why I would remember something like that. And you're like, oh my God, like it was there the whole time. Like it was not something like Timothy Zahn just randomly thought about, which makes me wonder, you know, this is such a big reveal for the last book like and so I know that we're not getting anything new you know they've said like we're not planning on writing any more Thrawn but like why mention something like that right like at towards the end of the last novel if you're not going to like completely develop upon it which makes me think that there's something that has to do with Vanya in the future Um, because she would be like a toddler right now uh, where we're at in 19 BBY and so her growing up with Thalius who I'm assuming is going to try to you know help out with this whole thing going on with the Skywalkers and their like literal abuse you know and that possibly being the reason why Vanya has had her force sensitivity so long is because she hasn't gone through this traumatic like memory wiping and um you know not being cared for in the best of ways so that's something that I'm like I'm pretty sure Timothy's on like meant to do you know he meant to tie that into Vanya but also like where is it going you know there's so much left to expand on with the Skywalkers like that little you know just that like one part of the galaxy in Star Wars could lead to so much, you know? And so I'm just kind of like, where are we, where are we going? If you, you put something there, it should be used later on, you know? So yeah, that just, but like them just wiping the little children's memories made me nauseous. I was Mm -hmm. so angry. And then I was thinking, I was like, when does this process take place? Like, does it, like, did they say that? I don't think they did. I don't because, think so. Because I'm thinking, like, Cheery, like, has mentioned things before, you know, like, about her childhood, and she's still a kid. 
So I'm thinking like it's an ongoing process, um, which is another one of my concerns because Vanya, or not Vanya, um, Thalius remembers parts of her life as a Skywalker. But I'm thinking that when this whole like fading process goes on, you're probably going to lose a lot of your memories anyhow. Um, they said that it doesn't always work in the cor most like correct way. Um, and so I'm like, is Cheery going to remember all of this stuff that happened with Thrawn? Because she's still 10 years old. She has at least three to four years left of skywalking. This is like a little, and then they didn't know, they, Cheery knew Thrawn for like six months. When you really think like this book trilogy like took place over such a short amount of time. I'm like, if Cheery doesn't remember Thrawn, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up and then throw a fit. Like, I'm oh, entering I didn't even my, think like, about that. <laughs> that's so, yeah, that's so true though. And right? that's the thing is this memory wiping thing just has so many implications. And I do, I do like that they end um, sort of Thalius and Cheery's story and Lesser Evil with them sort of agreeing to like help fix things for the Skywalkers specifically from Cheery's perspective because a lot of Skywalkers we know like try to get away from that life once they're done like that's the whole thing with Thales becoming a caregiver and people are kind of surprised about it because Skywalkers in more recent history like don't want to they want to get away from it and it's been really consistent with Thales from the beginning that she's like I want to be here and make things better for Cheery and then now she wants to make things better for all of the Skywalkers. Um, I, I just really love Thalius. Like every book, I just she did more and more things that just made me love her even more. Up until the very end of Lesser Evil, she was just continually growing as like how much I love her as a character. Yeah, Thalius is Thalius is a great character. Just then, and then her arc from beginning to end. You know, her having this like hero worship of Thrawn and then kind of realizing like, oh, he's not like exactly how I like painted him in my brain, you know, but still really caring about him and still really like, like having a friendship with him and having also like a work relationship with him. Um, that was so, something that was so nice to see, you know, because Thrawn is definitely not a character that's super likable, like in universe, you know, a lot of people don't like him and they don't get along with him because he's different than everyone else. And so all of these characters, um, like you have this interesting relationship with him. They always grow on him a little bit um, or he grows on them a little bit, but really with Thalius, it's like, she sticks with him and she's loyal to him throughout the entire thing. And then that obviously, you know, has spread on to Cheery, who is also so loyal to Thrawn. We saw that with her little mind force timing thing with the mages, you know, she, she saw something happening to Thrawn and she was like, I need to fix this. Yeah, that was another moment that made me like shout out loud was when Thalius casually mentions the guardian and then a little bit later Cheery's like oh I didn't think I told you about that um that 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 made me feel absolutely insane and then they just and then Cheery was like well maybe I mentioned it and like they just stopped talking about it and I was like no I'm never going to stop thinking about this yeah that that was I definitely yelled at that part I was like no way does 
Thales still help for sensitivity. And this is what I'm thinking with this whole fading process, you know, it like dampens down so many things that that's why the the Chiss Skywalkers like lose their abilities. And that's why Vanya still has her so late in life. And so I think my like theory is that they always are force sensitive and they're just kind of told that they're not because imagine like being an older Skywalker, kind of what at the end of Lesser Evil, Thalius was saying, you know, like, oh, if you, um, that's why caregivers are not former Skywalkers anymore is because if they all realized that they had no memories of their childhood, they would all say something and it wouldn't be like, a, it wouldn't work anymore. I think that the same goes for why they lose their force sensitivity is because if they had their force sensitivity and, you know, later on in adulthood, they could all remember suddenly, wait, I don't have any, any memories of being a child. Why is that? Like, why don't I have any memories before being a Skywalker? Because that's something someone older is going to realize, you know, as a child, as like a 14 year old, you're not going to be like realizing like, oh, I don't have any memories. That's weird. And then your caregiver all obviously doesn't know, you know, anything about the fading process. So that could be a reason why they lose their force sensitivity so young is because the fading process hinders it. Um, and so, yeah, Thalia's maybe still having little pieces of force in her was a moment where I was like, no way. Like, this is so, this is something that is going to come into play later with Vanya. So yeah, that's where I'm going with that. I'm, I want to see Vanya again, if you can't tell. <laughs> should we talk about, about what we should talk about? <laughs> about maybe I do? Yeah, I literally just have in my notes, maybe I do in all caps. Yeah. That is the only, like there's, I thought about this book a lot. And by this book, I mean only that scene for the past, how, like almost a week now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was everything, quite simply. It was everything it was, to me. It was the best part of the entire trilogy, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, um, agreed. I was just like, because Simacro and Thalius um, are just perfect. They have this, like, not, I don't want to say enemies to lovers, because the enemy was really only Simacro <laughs> thinking that Thalius was like a spy. And then at the end, she's like, no, I am a spy. And he's, and then he laughs. Can we just talk about that for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> he really laughs. And I was like, I'm in love with you. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but like, they have this very, like, thorough, like, thoroughly developed um, character arc together. And then at the end, you know, I was not expecting him to, him to say something. Like, I was not expecting that at all. Um, not that I was necessarily expecting Thalius to be like, I kind of like you or anything, but really Simacro being the one who's like, well, maybe I do care if you die. <laughs> and then just being like, oh my gosh, I, did, I had to close the book. I did have to close yeah, the book. Same. But just that scene in general of him, like, you know, the entire trilogy, he's like all Chiss are like very no preemptive strikes, you know? it's our last resort. 
And then he just turns it around as soon as Thalius is like in, in trouble. He's like, I will blow up this planet. I will blow up the mages. And I was like, oh my God, for love, for love. <laughs> you know, that's something we don't see a lot of in the just ascendancy other than like Thurfian and Zistalmu. But like, oh my God, other, we will yeah, get to that. <laughs> Um, um yeah, yeah it was just like that moment was just fantastic the line where he was like you threatened um Thalius and Cheery and that deserves a death sentence in my book oh my god like Cheery I was like Samagro respectfully like I am in love with you um and just yeah that whole scene from beginning to end had me like literally on the like I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god the entire time from the very beginning when he's like walking over to Cheery and she screams I was like absolutely not nothing is happening to Cheery in this moment because I said so and then this whole like (laughs) possession moment that she has and then the whole maybe I do moment and then Thalius admitting well Thalius admitting that she pulled a gun on Thurpian which by the way she did pull a gun on Thurpian that that happened that that was crazy that was crazy um Love and then Samacro being like oh my god that's really sexy like, of you I'm not gonna lie <laughs> he's like you what you pulled a gun on the patriarch <laughs> please he looks at her like she's like made of the sun yeah <laughs> like, I was like that was should. the most attractive thing that he had ever seen in his life so mm-hmm. yeah um me too I feel you Samacro I feel <laughs> I feel you there um but yeah the just that scene other than other than that little lovey-dovey part that I'm obsessed with was genuinely terrifying um not just because I'm a cheery stan and she's literally my favorite character and if anything happened to her ever I would lose my mind but I also was just like it it was written in a way that I was scared I was like like the descriptions of her like face contorting and her like throat and like voice being belonging to somebody else I was like picturing it in my head and I'm like, this is terrifying. And to see Samacro and Thalius's like reactions was just even more like scary. Like they really were so worried for her. I've never, we've never seen Samacro and Thalius be like genuinely terrified. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just added to so much of the like suspense that was happening. Um, And yeah, so that scene was just phenomenal it was just so good and I'm never gonna get over it I have that page memorized um, yeah same <laughs> I'm yeah, like I've... I'm like reading it to like my co-workers like in the middle of the day they're like what's going on I was like don't worry about it just listen to this I don't care maybe I do yeah, yeah. I was playing the clip from the audiobook for like anyone who came into my room I was like do you want to <laughs> like hear this um and so I like probably yeah I think I definitely have it memorized at this point which is maybe concerning but whatever but yeah that scene was terrifying um because I yeah I I was just imagining this whole like demonic possession moment that was going on um and it was kind of crazy to see the mages become like basically a villain in this book like she I was ready to fight her um even before that scene but after that scene I was like I will absolutely throw hands with her um yeah that whole scene and I was really worried because I I originally did think that like Jixtus was gonna take Cheery and then it was like Samacro was gonna die trying to get her back but then I was like oh my god what if like the mages takes Thalius and the same thing happens but then Samacro was like no 
and like threatened to blow up her whole planet and I was like okay period because I like I, I could not have handled it if if he died trying to save either of them like it it would have ended me I wouldn't I would never have recovered from that yeah no me too for for a hot minute like during that scene when Cherry first gets possessed because I was so like Samacro's going to die like that was Same. my yeah my biggest theory and not it, to the point where it wasn't even a theory I was just preparing myself for exactly him to die. and I also was like pretty far behind everyone else finishing it like I mean, I still finished it in two days, but everyone else sped <laughs> through it. And I, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, this so, I'm sobbing. I'm literally throwing up and crying. And I'm like, oh, Samacro died. Like that's yeah. what happened. That's why everyone's so upset. And so during that scene, what I thought was going to happen was that the mages was going to take over Thalius, like her brain. And she was literally going to kill Samacro. Like that was my that that was what was going through it was traumatic for me it was traumatic <laughs> for me I was like if Thalius kills Samacro like Samacro right now I'm gonna close the book and I'm gonna I'm gonna put it back on the shelf <laughs> so yeah that is what I thought was going to happen so glad that it didn't that would have ruined my entire life um I wouldn't be recording this podcast right now I would be dead yeah, there were so many times where I was like, maybe I will just put the book away and not finish specifically because yeah, I also was like fully convinced Samacro was going to die, which was great because I was already emotionally attached to him, whatever. But then going in, I was like, okay, I'm going to like not get more emotionally attached to him. So if he does die, it won't be like the end of my life. And then I still got more emotionally attached to him, um, but he didn't die, which was great. But one of the moments where I fully was like, maybe I don't want to know what happens was when he we have like a smacro pov and it's like he would do like he ha- his job is like to protect cheery like whatever the cost or whatever it takes or something and i thought that that was just some epic foreshadowing of him dying and i was like maybe i maybe i'll just not finish maybe so i don't need to know I, what happens i don't need to know if yeah that was literally what i was thinking too that i think the line was like i'll protect that i'll protect her whatever the cost yeah and i was like whatever the cost what do you mean like what do you mean by that you want to elaborate and then and so I was like yeah Timothy's on thank you for literally killing Samacro and I was ready to just cry for the rest of the week and then it didn't happen so that was like the opposite of disappointing (laughs) yeah I was looking at people's live tweets and so many people were just tweeting like Samacro in all caps Yes. And in my mind, I was like, oh, he, he died. And he I was trying to, like, died. time out how far ahead of me they were so I could, like, be prepared. And then it turns out it was just the scene of him threatening the mages. And I was like, this is the exact opposite of what I expected, but mm-hmm. I'm so happy about it. Thank you. Obsessed with Samacro. Um, yeah. Obsessed with him and Thalius. Thinking about when Samacro pulls up to pick up Thalius in, like, his full, like, honor dress. Oh, my God. <laughs> I... Full, uh, full honor. Cha- I'm literally turning red right now. <laughs> full honor chain. Um, some macro. Something. Literally. Okay. That whole moment. I was picturing him like pulling up to like you know when you pick up someone from the airport when you pick up your yeah. loved one from the airport and you haven't seen them in a million years. I was like, that's literally what's happening right now. And him dressed in those. I'm obsessed <laughs> with him. I yeah. Macro. I love you. Please call me. Um, let me let me make you and Thalius a polycule. Yeah. I want to be. 
the way that just everyone collectively right now is like, can I join the Semacrothelius polycule? It's just going to be like the two of them and like everyone. Every who has single read the person books. on Twitter. Yeah. Thelius and Semacro. <laughs> Literally, I think like half of my like live tweets, because I, I was keeping it spoiler free, obviously. Um, half of them were just like, Semacro, you're sexy. You're like, Semacro, kiss me on the mouth. And then yep. looking back, I'm like, yeah. I mean, that was the book. Like that, that was, was the summary. Yeah. Every other part, the other parts, it was so funny to me though, reading this because there will like be like in a really emotional scene between Thras and Thrawn and I'm like tearing up and I'm a mess. And then it's like, yeah, Simacro, Simacro did something sexy. And I was like, oh, okay, see, we're fine. It was actually like, <laughs> I think at the end, it was something was really upsetting me um, because it was the end. And then Simacro got like a full, no, it was the, it was the chain thing. It was, it was literally the chain thing. He, it was the chapter after Memories 12. Yeah. Oh my God. You're right. Because Because I took a break after Memories 12. I was like, you know what? I can't, Memories 12, because I had the audiobook pulled up and I saw that the chapter was like five minutes long and it was the last Memories chapter. And I was like, no. Um, and then I read it and had to like go take a break and eat dinner and then I came back and it was immediately like some macro being sexy again and I was like period yeah <laughs> like yeah, back to enjoying exactly. myself I literally read that part like the memories 12 and I was like what like are you kidding me like I'm so upset right now and then and then all of a sudden it's like yeah some macro had chains around his neck and I was like oh oh okay <laughs> It was just like right off the bat, Timothy's on. I know you know what you're doing. I know you know. <laughs> and I thank I you just, for it. I needed that after being yeah, so destroyed by Thras's death. It was like a little treat for having to go through all of that. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment where I was like, I would get down on one knee for that man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you, Timothy Zahn. <laughs> thank you for that. Anyways, let's talk about Thras. <laughs> yeah um on a much less happy note thras wow i think that i either cried or teared up at like pretty much every memories chapter even ones that were like not necessarily the most emotional things still made me very emotional um just from the very beginning when they meet and thrawn is kind of emotional and about like loss and stuff and then when he comes back around to it and is like, yeah, it was like my sister's star day when we first met and they're like opening up to each other in that moment where they like acknowledge each other as brothers. And the way that like the game that they had been playing in the one of the earlier scenes, they bring it up again at the end, like everything with their relationship came full circle and the memories chapters tied in really well to the storyline that was going on in like the non-memories chapters. Um, And their relationship just gave us so much more insight on Thrawn's character and like why he is the way that he is. And I just, yeah, the memory chapters in this book were just written so well and all were very emotional and leading up to something very emotional. Um, And their relationship is just everything. It's everything. So true. Um, That conversation between Thras and Thrawn when they're in the cafe and Thras is just like, you know, like, I, like, care about you, and and then, or something, and then Thrawn was, like, yeah, he's, like, okay, I didn't know, because sometimes you, like, can't tell, (laughs) like, that scene was so just, like, 
not heartbreaking, but like it made my heart like swell up. I was very, I was like, this is really great. Like I felt like um, I texted it to my friend and I was like, yeah, like neurodivergent Thrawn canon. And she had like a full freak out. She was like, this is literally the best thing ever. I feel so represented. And I was like, and that's why this book is so great. And that's why Thrawn as a character is so great. And just like the representation that authors are now adding into Star Wars in general, you know, it's, it's good to see after so long of just, you know, not having any. Um, and so, yeah, that was like, that was, that was great. Um, I know a lot of people on just Twitter were having a good time with that. And I was too. Um, and then also just seeing everyone's reactions to that was fantastic. and so heartwarming, but yeah, also just Thras and Thrawn's relationship in general and him being like a big brother figure just added on to this sense that when Thrawn is with people who love him, he is a lot better of a person than when he's alone. And that's something we see throughout all of the Thrawn books, actually, because when he's with Arani or in Chaos Rising, when we had our um, Ziara chapters, miss those, miss those so much. But like he, he was just better when he was with her, you know, he's, when people show him that they care about him, that is when Thrawn is thriving the best. And so when he goes to the empire and doesn't have anyone who cares about him, he is who he is. He's uh, the villain of the story, Um, which is why Eli Vanto is such an amazing character because he also is someone who we can see clearly brings out the best in Thrawn. Um, And so when he's in Rebels, you know, it's what no Eli Vanto does, you know, it's what no family does to somebody. It's yeah. So, so yeah, that just like the Thras chapters, those memories in this book just really solidified the like sense of family and community, that theme. There's also this just deep amount of respect that Thras has for Thrawn and like admiration and caring, um, which again is just another character's point of view on Thrawn that makes me as a reader and like everyone who's reading it like Thrawn more is because you just see how much he means to the people that are closest to him and Thras was obviously very close to him and so Thras's view of Thrawn is just really like he really knows Thrawn he knows Thrawn in a way that no one else does and Thrawn is really willing to like open up to him and be honest with him and allow himself to have such a deep bond with him which is why it just makes it so much worse when you know what happens to Thras because you're like Thrawn finally like let himself have this kind of relationship with someone and then it was he he lost it in the end um and then of course Thras's like last thoughts in Memories 12 being about Thrawn and just it all kind of coming together with them being brothers and them caring about each other in a way that was so unique to just the two of them. Um, It's just such a well-written relationship. Yeah, another just like memory chapter with them is the one where we learn about what the Odo at the end of Thrawn's name means. Um, I I did have to put the book down after that. (laughs) It was very emotional. Um, Just like him getting this title like of protector you know I was like this is so upsetting because because of that we know where Thrawn's story is going 
And we also have a sense of who Thrawn really is, you know, which is another like difficult thing, like reading these books, because especially this one, you know, you you feel really bad for him and you like really love him. Um, but then you remember that he is kind of the worst and he is murdering people and he is, you know, doing these preemptive strikes. And um, he's when he's a part of the empire, he's allowing slavery to happen he's allowing a lot of things and he's also killing people so it's like you know he's not a good person but you also can't just like separate all of this you know it's all intertwined into his character um so yeah him being like protector and then having that happen to him in the future and him doing these things in the future that we already know of just makes it so much worse it makes it so just like painful when I was reading that I had to like stop and be like this Timothy's on why do you do this to us <laughs> yeah I've been trying to will myself to like because I want to rewatch now the Rebels finale just because it's going to hit different obviously but I haven't been able to do it yet because I know it's going <laughs> to be so much because it's already I mean the Rebels finale is very emotional because of everything that's going on and just like because it was really the last time we get to see this whole like family that they have on the ghost all together but now with that added layer and like even with like reading the earlier Thrawn novels it made it harder to watch because when you actually do care about Thrawn and you're like yeah okay he has done so many bad things specifically in his time working for the Empire and he's by no means like a good person at the time of um, when the Rebels finale takes place, but you still care about him as a character. And so when you have the added layer of like losing him and losing Ezra to sort of this like unknown fate, it makes it so much worse. And so I just know like whenever I get around to doing it, it's gonna, I'm gonna cry a lot over it. Yeah, definitely. Um, haven't gotten, <laughs> haven't gotten a chance to rewatch Rebels <laughs> after reading this book. And I don't know if I really want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like the whole time I'm going to be because something interesting that has happened in my brain is that when I first watched Rebels before reading these books, I hated Thrawn like so much. I my friend really who was who would watch Rebels introduce me to Rebels was like, oh, like the villain in this story is so good. You're going to love him. And then I watched it and I was like, why would you think that I would love him? He's the worst. And he just like kills innocent people. And I, and now I'm like, okay, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I do kind of love him. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe such not. a weird thing with him. And also, like, I mean, Don is, like, he's definitely up there, but he's not, like, oh, he's my number one Star Wars character ever. But, like, there are few, if any, characters that I have as much of an emotional attachment to as I do to Thrawn. And it's because of these books. I mean, like, yeah, when I first watched Rebels, I was, like, okay he's he's like smart and that's kind of interesting but I I don't understand like the obsession with him which is why I still don't understand why like people that I know who have not read any books but have watched Rebels I'm like that really like Thrawn I'm like why (laughs) I don't get it but then there's me and I'm like I've read the books and I really do love Thrawn as a character um so yeah that's why I'm always like when people say that they like Thrawn and Rebels I'm like please I go read the books like if you already like him you're going to love these books and like I didn't even like him and I loved the books right from the beginning and now I'm so attached to his character 
Yeah, I've definitely gotten attached to Thrawn and to really all of these characters in the Ascendancy books um, and in the original Thrawn series. You know, Eli Vanto has a place in my heart. But, you know, characters like Arlani and Chiri, um, those are two characters that I will forever love. And also Wutro, um, she had a great moment in this book. Um, <laughs> she had such a fantastic moment and I was yelling out loud. I was like, yes, you are a girl boss and a queen and I love you. Just that whole scene was just so good. And a lot of like uh, Wucho Lani um, content in this book, I do think that they are um, dating. They're definitely girlfriends. Uh, yeah, I miss, I miss her. I miss both of them already. I know. I'm like, oh my God, I can't live without these characters. And it's been like not even a week. I'm like, what am I going to yeah. do with myself? Um, Yeah, Butro and Arlani should definitely kiss on the mouth. I think they already have, but like, I would like to see it. Um, So they should do it again. Also, like y'all fanfic writers, we got to write more Butro Arlani fics. Like we got to get on that y'all. I'm just putting it out there. Um. Because I'm by no means a writer, but like we need more of that. Aralani in this book, like she, she was like, like the entire unhinged. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. So, I was when when um Samacro shows up and she's like, "Welcome to Senior Captain Thrawn's Last Stand." I was laughing out loud. I was like, "Miss Girl is so fed up with everyone right now," and like the entire book, she she was just so done. Um. And, like, as she should be, honestly, if I were her, I would be the exact same way. Um, and, yeah, she was just making me laugh the entire book. Yeah, so Macro being like, that's not funny, Arlani. And her being like, yeah. like, whatever, I don't care. It's funny to me. I was like, it's okay, I laughed. It was funny yeah. to me. Uh, this is an Arlani stan podcast. I did actually lose my mind, um in like that very last fight scene when Thrawn was like today we were the lesser evil just because like yeah something about like when the title of a book shows up in a book or like movie title show up in movies it always makes me feel insane but the way and like the context that they did it yeah I I did also shout out loud at that point that whole just last battle in general was just so amazing and you're kind of there's so much going on you know mm-hmm. um with Kiori, Kiori. <laughs> I hate that stupid bitch. <laughs> yeah, retweet. So this, if I ever have to see the words um, winglet, Wait. enlightenment, anything about skin stretching again in my life, like, no. Ew. Every time that they mentioned stretching skin, I was like, I don't need to hear it. I respectfully timothy on. you didn't have to put that in there that much it was yeah. really upsetting um and i really hated it so yeah let's not <laughs> just a that's just was so gross but yeah glory <laughs> just i i do believe he told the grists about the skywalkers um so he can fight me for that you know yeah. i will if he's the reason that Unhi got captured and literally tormented by the Grisks, I'm going to throw hands. I'm already yeah. throwing them, actually. I already hate him. I hate him so much. Um, the fact that he didn't die 
I thought he was going to die. Um, I wanted him to so bad. It was really rude that he didn't. And like yeah. at the, yeah, at the very end when he's like, oh my God, the Chiss use like children as navigators. I was like, no. I was like, Thalius, no. come back with that Glock, please. please. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like you pulled a gun on literally the Miss Patriarch. You can pull mm-hmm. a gun on this stupid navigator dude who no one likes. The fact that he lived like genuinely surprised me. I was like, so he didn't because he was like set up to die he was like stranded basically and then he was like no i'm gonna like girl boss my way out of this one i was like no you're not jix just could have killed him at any moment just for being annoying and i would have been okay with that um but it didn't happen kilori is uh panada that is literally oh my god yeah the same person Actually, we, I feel like I just need to mention Thurstamu being in their divorce era because, like, <laughs> it was really, again, with this book, like, I go from, like, crying over these memory scenes to, like, crying laughing over, like, Thurfian and Zestamu being, like, like, at the end when Thurfian's, like, do you think that we could ever, like, have that relationship again? I was, like, am I supposed to believe that they were not hooking up this entire time? Like, I, f- I did fully make a joke. At the very beginning, I was like, oh, LOL, like, chalicit affairs. And then they literally said, like, clandestine meetings. And I was like, yeah, literally chalicit affairs. That's their story arc. They they really, like, had a relationship. There's no doubt in my mind. And then, yeah, and then they broke up. And I was like, wow, this is, this is tragic. Uh, yeah, then just, just Thurfian at the end, just being like, yeah, like, can we have a relationship again, please? I miss you. <laughs> this is <so> <laughs> They're so funny. I, I was like, you. "There's how else am I supposed to be reading this? And I'm like, there's no way this is just me projecting my queerness. Like, exactly. they're, they're literally yeah. gay. <laughs> like, when they're at the, um, I forget what the meeting's called, where all the, like, patriarchs are there, and Zestalmu is there as, like, a, the representative or whatever. I don't know. And Thurfian is like, oh my god, like, my ex is here. And, like, everything <laughs> that he says, he's like, this Talmud's reaction and I'm like why are you so obsessed with this man like I yeah. refuse to believe anything other than that they like were in a relationship and got a divorce they were just together three books of them being together and then they just left each other at the end this is this is all too well their song <laughs> version Thurfian like listened to all too well 10 minute version on like when oh my god when Thalius like meets up with him on the train he's like what do you want I was gonna listen to Red Taylor's version the entire like train ride and now you're here interrupting me <laughs> yeah she's like and yeah she literally like walked up and she was like something's weird with him <laughs> and then sees that he's playing Red Taylor's version just like, <laughs> oh I understand now I'm not Thurfi and being a Swifty I hate that I think that I think that a lot of the Chiss are Swifties. Yeah, I agree. Definitely Thales. Like I know for a fact that I know for a fact that Cheery is a Swifty. And when she her and Thrawn like went on their little field trip to Batu, she was just playing. She's just playing it the whole time. Her her favorite album is her favorite album is probably like 1989. I was going to say she'd be more into, like, pop era Taylor Swift. Yeah, maybe maybe Lover Stan Cheery. I yeah, love I that. Play. As a Lover Stan, I am going to project on Cheery being a Lover Stan. Mm-hmm. She, she would be playing, like, 
paper rings though and being like super like she'd fun about be it. listening to paper rings and be like oh my god Thalius like this kind of reminds me of like doing some macro <laughs> and Thalius would be like what so we're gonna do some answer some Q&A's now um our first one comes from Ollie at Ollie Fresh on Twitter and it says what family would you both be a part of I unfortunately <laughs> am a part of the Zodlock family um when greater good came out and i was reading um about about those black people i was like you know what i think that i would be a part of this family and as much as i want to be like yeah i'm Reezy or something like cool like that no no <laughs> i can't and then i took that quiz that mac made and i was like um i got zodlack and i was like there's no way there's literally i cannot escape it so yeah, there's your, there's my answer. I did actually get a Reezy on the quiz, which was an ego boost for me. I was like, yeah. Um, uh, prior to that, I was like, maybe Oopsa. But um, now that I've gotten a Reezy, I'm going to lean into that because I want to be a part of the Reezy family. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I think I'd okay. also love to be like Oopsa family. Yeah. But that might just be projecting. Exactly. I'm like, I can be family and then marry some acro and become part of like. I can, I can have both. Another question from Ollie, who is your favorite Chiss and what is your favorite moment of theirs? Well, my favorite Chiss is Cheery. Cheery is actually like in my top 10 favorite Star Wars characters in general. Um, I do love her and I, I do kin her, um, which is so funny of me because she's a 10 year old, but whatever, you know, we can just look past that a little bit. <laughs> um, no, I would, I just love her in general. I think that um, probably my favorite moment. Well, now I think it's when, <laughs> when she is at the end of, um, Lesser Evil, when, uh, Thales is like, I'm going to go see Thrawn's sister or whatever. And Cheery's like, oh, well, like, I can just stay with Simacro. Like, I, <laughs> she, she looks at Simacro, is like, I could just stay with you. I was like, period cheery yes you you need to keep Thalias and Simacro together <laughs> that's true. yeah cheery is truly like pushing the Samalius agenda always yeah. like and I really love that for her like she's a Samalius warrior my favorite chiss is definitely Arlani favorite moment I mean like well the one that's coming to mind right now probably because it's from lesser evil and i just read it is when she's like welcome to senior captain thrawn's last stand just because it's so it's so her um and like it's sort of just the culmination of this entire book of her like not giving a shit anymore and just being like you know what everyone in this everyone in like the just ascendancy is kind of getting on my last nerve so i'm just gonna like do my thing um and that line was just so like quintessential arlani and i yeah it made me laugh so hard I had to like pause the book for a second um so yeah I think I'm gonna say that as my favorite moment of hers Arlani is just something else she's just mm -hmm. she's wonderful um I'm glad that she's in the original Thrawn series and yeah she, if I don't ever see her again I'm I'm gonna riot I'm going yeah. to riot Eli Vanto trilogy when because yeah. that's Retweet. where she in this, oh my god the idea of like ever seeing Arlani in live action I would become such a problem yeah I would too really seeing any chiss in live action mm -hmm. actually I would I would be a menace to society yeah 
And then our last question comes from Noah at nwagner1026. Um, thoughts on some macros chitties, which oh, Noah. <laughs> I think that's a phenomenal question, personally. Noah has never read one of these books. <laughs> <laughs> he has not read a single, he's never read about some macro. And yet he knows the entire plot, which is yeah. some macros chitties, just like saving the just ascendancy. Um, time and again um I think we've made it very clear with how we feel about Samacra um yeah <laughs> Samacra and his chitties I I would do anything for them are you kidding anything <laughs> name it and I'll do it <laughs> yeah I I mean yeah there's not much to say just 10 out of 10 phenomenal like he's just I love so it sexy him. like yeah. everything about him including his chitties yeah <laughs> most of all his chitties <laughs> yeah not to not to objectify some macro, but like <laughs> but like chitties over personality always are you kidding <laughs> i'm gonna miss him so much i'm some- glad he didn't die but also like we might never see him again anyway so yeah very glad he didn't die that'd been just the worst Mm-hmm. so homophobic to kill the person with the biggest chitties in the yeah. Like, yeah his I thought his chitties were just going to be like too powerful and that they'd have to kill him but you know they made mm-hmm. it work so thank you <laughs> thank you Timothy Zahn thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions please feel free to send us questions you can DM them to us on Twitter Instagram or TikTok in next week's episode we'll be starting our discussion on the Clone Wars focusing on individual characters specifically next week will be Ahsoka Tano so feel free to send us questions related to that as well once again thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode